artist goes back home to Cuba and finds powerful memories and a deeper sense of family. This is Land and Power, a podcast where we talk to people of color about land and about the groundbreaking and thoughtful work they do related to land. My name's Yolanda Altamirano. On this episode, we'll hear from visual artist Juan Alonso Rodriguez. Juan was born in Cuba. He lived there with his extended family and a deep sense of love. When he was very little, his father sent him to the United States for his safety to live with relatives. He did not return to Cuba for 45 years. When he finally went back, Juan visited his family's old beach house. And just so you know, Juan is one of several artists featured in our Ampersand Live event that brings to life its biannual magazine, Ampersand. This year, it's a virtual event you can stream. You can find out more about that at forterra.org. Juan says his family's beach house was filled with childhood memories, and it was decorated with beautiful railings his father had made. Eventually, Juan would take inspiration from those railings and create his own railing-inspired sculptures. Juan remembers as a child, the backyard of the beach house was like a jungle. And I would collect all kinds of insects and flowers. And, you know, I, one of the things that I asked my, one of my uncles uh, to do for me is to create, he made a, a fairly large size wire box and I would collect caterpillar, caterpillars and I would put them in the box. I would put the caterpillars in the box with some foliage and I would watch the caterpillars eat the, the plant and then turn into cocoons and finally turn into butterflies. And then the minute that I would, they would turn into butterflies, I would let them go. And it, to me, it was like a little science lab going on for me. And, and there were all kinds of fruit trees in the back and I would just go back there. I get lost pretty much all day. My family was inside doing whatever they were doing. And I was back there eating mangoes, like fresh off the trees and having a grand old time, probably touching things that I shouldn't have been touching. But, you know, <laughs> when you're a kid, you kind of do those things and, you know, you, you survive. Going back, everything seemed a lot smaller. I remember going into my parents' bedroom, which I went, you know, I at one point I, I was sleeping in that bedroom and I thought, how did they even fit another bed in here? Because <laughs> it just seems so small. Um, but when I went back to the house that had the railings that I was so inspired by, the house, of course, was so run down. And, 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 and this is what made me think of that particular artwork in that particular house when I was asked to participate in Ampersand Live this, this year. Um, the house was where I wanted to live full time, but it was only our beach house. It was just the, the weekend and summer house. And I just thought it was magnificent. It was, it was new, it was built the year I was born. Everything was shiny new and these railings were so beautiful and they were painted different colors. And when I went back, a lot of it had corroded. A lot of it was falling apart. The house itself is not um, reparable. Um, but I went back and I looked at him and I, I thought the basic design is definitely still there. And in fact, it made me create more work 
that was based on on those designs and you know just that original spark was still there plus I was always very close to my father um, my mom died when I was five so even though we lived in a very large house with a lot of people because it was my my grandparents and their three sons and their wives and kids so the house was always full of people but my father was in a in a very very light sense uh, was a single father because he didn't have my mother there to um, to co-parent with me it, it was like I was I was raised by this little small village in this house um, but there was always that connection and he was also the person that instigated my coming to the US he was a very kind um, very affectionate which is rare for you know a man of that generation um, so my relationship with him was always great and you know one of one of the regrets that I have is that I didn't make an a better effort of course as a child you can't really know those things but after I came to the US um, I wish I would have been able to have a better relationship with him, but it was really hard to communicate because I was living in Florida with my uncle and his wife, and phone calls to Cuba were pretty difficult and extremely expensive at the time. This was, you know, late, mid to late 60s. And letters that, you know, if, if you would write a letter in, to them, it would get to them, but it would usually be opened. Uh, sometimes there were photographs that were missing from the letter. So the, the communication was really difficult. And as I got older, as I started getting to my teenage years, and then I had to deal with coming out as gay to my, um, my legal guardians, who were definitely not very happy about it. Um, I didn't want to add that burden to my father. And so in a way I was not being completely honest to him. I wasn't being honest about my coming out. I wasn't being honest about the fact that um, the people that I was living with were abusive. And I didn't want to burden him with that because I thought if I say that to him, he's gonna maybe think that he made the wrong decision in sending me here and it wasn't it, it wasn't the wrong decision and it wasn't anything that I couldn't survive it was just something difficult that I wish I would have been able to have a conversation with him about but it just you know he couldn't come here I couldn't go back um, so I wanted to keep everything as smooth as possible which meant it was really difficult to have a good full, honest communication. And so being a teenager is difficult enough. And when you're dealing with all of that, you just tend to kind of withdraw and not want to necessarily communicate a lot of the stuff that are not, um, the things that are not pleasant that are going on in your life. Well, um, when I was growing up here in the States, I, the, the family that I came with. So it was my uncle, my father's brother, and his wife. And it was, they were rather chilly, I would say. Uh, there wasn't this, 
closeness. There wasn't this feeling of uh, love, whether it's conditional or unconditional. And I remember feeling very, very much loved as a child by my parents and my sisters. Um, and, but then once I moved here, it changed. So when we went back to Cuba and I had both of my sisters there, and not only that, but I had my niece who's 10 years younger than me. Um, I had my nephew who's younger and his kids and his wife. It just became this whole um, group of people that I felt this immediate um, closeness with. And I, it's really hard to explain because I had never experienced it. I mean, I may have experienced it when I was a child, but as an adult, or even as a young adult growing up, it was a, a very foreign concept. I think I had felt closer to some of my friends' parents when I was a teenager and you know, being in junior high and high school. Um, a lot of my friends' parents were very close towards me because they knew that I wasn't necessarily having a great time in my own home. So um, it was just this feeling of being enveloped in this warmth and, and just pure feeling of love. And it sounds like super hokey, but it's, it, was, it was the truth. It was what I was feeling. And it, it just made me realize, oh, this is what people have been talking about. Juan Alonso Rodriguez is a visual artist who creates studio and public art. You can learn more about Juan and his Seattle gallery at Juan Alonso, A-L-O-N-S-O, studio.com. The Land and Power podcast is produced by Kyle Morris in partnership with the Forterra team. That includes Everett Lawson, Susan Greylock Usum, Toby Levy, and me, Yolanda Altamirano. Thanks for listening.